Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Hallelujah. Well, this is the first Sunday of the new year. Hallelujah. This is going to be a glorious year. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible for Him. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has so much that He wants to do. Uh, You know, I really encourage you, um, as you get ready to jump into this new year, and I know many are going back to work tomorrow, others, you've still got a few weeks before uh, things really kick back in again. But take this opportunity to make a decision. You know, I'm not into New Year's resolutions so much, um, but I do think the new year is a great opportunity for resetting your thinking and re-examining, like uh, Christy shared, behold, I do a new thing. It's a new day to, to consider Is there anything that I am doing or holding on to that is just not fruitful, that God might want to prune off so that He can increase and cause more growth to come? And to surrender to Him and say, Lord, here it is. I lay it all before You. Show me what You want to do. Help me recognize the dead branches. Help me to recognize the things that uh, are not being fruitful. Help me to recognize the things that that need need to shift, need to change, and help me, Lord, as I come into this new year to step up and shake off the dust of the past, hallelujah, to shake off the things that didn't go right, the disappointments, distractions, and the discouragements from the past. Shake it all off and step into a new year with with a deliberate um, declaration of His faithfulness and His goodness. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, are you ready for the Word of God? Hallelujah. Hey, Carl, it is good to see you. I can see you. I know Meg got your name wrong, praise the Lord, on Friday night, but we know it now, don't we, Meg? It's good. (laughs) I just felt sorry for you. (laughs) Really all went over to Cambodia together. (laughs) Praise God. God is good. All right. I want to talk with you. Oh, by the way, who enjoyed the prophetic words that came out last week and this week? Wow, honestly, it's so, I mean, the word that you brought, Tish, oh, powerful, powerful. Every one of those words was just so on point. Hello, Dylan, were you trying to call me? No, accident, okay, that's okay, no worries. Praise the Lord, this man is getting married soon. Hallelujah. <laughs> Very exciting, praise the Lord. The Academy also has helped us. <laughs> Dylan found a bride, praise the Lord. God is, God is good, just have, give it a go. Have, sorry, Cheyenne, praise the Lord. <laughs> Dylan is not sorry. Dylan is very happy, praise the Lord. But I, I listened to those words from last week and I, I, I'm gonna go over those words that we heard this week because they are significant in as invitations that God is offering us the opportunity to respond to. And we need to be careful, even in a, a prophetic environment, not to get over familiar with prophecy, but to be very intentional and deliberate to weigh it. And then when you believe that it, it lines up with the Word of God, that it resonates with your spirit, 
spirit and you believe it to be a true word, and we'll talk all about how to weigh a good word um, in the prophetic school, so I do encourage you, if you're part of the academy, you get to do it for free. Yes, yes praise the Lord. Um, but I do encourage you to do it because it's important. Sometimes you can get wonky prophetic words. Can you believe that? It, it does happen occasionally, not here, hallelujah. But you need to learn, rather than just rejecting the gifts of the Spirit, you need to learn how to um, weigh what is good and cling to what is good and to reject what isn't. And the, it, the Bible has very clear ways for us to discern a good and a true prophetic word. Pastor James teaches brilliantly on that too. And we have some really wonderful teachers uh, who will help you, hallelujah. We love to teach on the prophetic, don't we, Sarah? Praise God and Rebecca. I mean, it's just good fun, hallelujah. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the rain. Yes. We celebrate, Lord, in advance, rain all across this nation, drought breaking rain in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it. I thank you, you've heard our prayers. We celebrate it, we decree it, we declare the drought broken in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we ask today that you'd give us ears to hear, Lord, that your spirit would speak through me and ignite in the hearts of everyone that listens. God, a hope and strategy that would bear much fruit Lord, in the name of Jesus, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, I wanna to speak to you today about responding to prophetic promises. You know, the Bible tells us that all of his promises are yes and amen. That in fact, he has laid a banqueting table before us in the presence of our enemies. It also says that everything pertaining to life and godliness has already been given to us. Amazing promises that we are co-heirs with Christ. So it, praise God, it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us, hallelujah. By faith we've received the grace of God, we've become new creations, the old is gone, the new has come by faith we walk as the righteous of God, hallelujah, in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And as a result, we can have confidence that every promise that we read about in the Word of God is available to us. But the truth is, it might say a promise in here, but it, if you imagine going to a banqueting table, who has ever been to a good buffet? Yes? Now, you can have an amazing buffet, but unless you actually go and get the food, put it on your plate and eat it, you don't get to enjoy it. You could take photographs of it, you could tell people about it, you could pay for it, but if you don't actually pick it up and eat it, you don't enjoy it. And, and many times, the Bible is for us this banqueting table that we need to recognize requires a faith response. We need 
to respond. We need to take advantage of the good things that have been laid up for us, the things that he's done. And that's not greedy or selfish because the Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith pleases him. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be an inheritor of the promises. He wants you to live life and life more abundant. And it's His will that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. It's His will that you would walk in His ways, that you would not miss out on a single thing that He has paid for. Hallelujah. Remember when they had the loaves and the fishes and that was all multiplied as Jesus fed the 5,000? Do you remember that story in the Bible? Two of you do. Oh, a few of you do. After they'd fed all the people, what did Jesus tell them to do? He told them to go and pick up all the leftovers, collect them all. And they filled how many baskets full? 12 baskets full of leftovers. Now, that's a really strange detail for the Bible to note. But you know, God doesn't want anything wasted. He, everything that he has paid for through the sacrifice of his own life, his death, burial, and resurrection, everything that he has given to us, he desires that not one drop would be wasted. Even a crumb was enough to heal a Syrophoenician woman's daughter. Hallelujah. God doesn't want us. He's not glorified uh, by us admiring the table and not tasting and eating of it. Hallelujah. Can you imagine a parent buying Christmas presents for their children or for your family or your friends and then they don't open the present? They go, it's so wonderful, but I'm not worthy. My, my kids wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, oh, it's so beautiful, look at how it's wrapped. Oh, that's incredible. But no, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I don't need it, I don't need it. You see, what that does, it, do, it, it, it doesn't please the one who's giving the gift. The pleasure comes when the gift is received, enjoyed and appreciated. Faith pleases God, amen, hallelujah. He is so, so good, he is so, so faithful. And so God wants us to respond to prophetic promises, hallelujah. Um, 1 Timothy 1.18, if you wanna turn there with me. Hallelujah. I can hear the familiar amen of Joel Shore in the house, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I listened for your voice. It's like, whoa, I, there he is. Praise the Lord. 1 Timothy 1.18. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Fight the good fight. Wage warfare, therefore, my son Timothy, with the prophetic promises, the prophetic words spoken over you. The promises of God 
are not inevitabilities. They are invitations waiting for your response. They are gifts on the table waiting for you to take and receive, hallelujah. And it requires us to wage good warfare with the promises. So I wanna talk with you about what that looks like. You know, all the way through the Bible, we see examples of people responding to promises. Um, We'll start with Abraham. In Abraham, in Genesis chapter 15, verse six, we read the story about how God was promising Abraham that, hey, you know, don't think that your heir is going to be one of your servants in the house. Your heir is gonna come from your own body and your descendants are gonna be as numerous as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the sky. This was an incredible, impossible promise. But God took him outside, he got him to look up at the stars and see it, picture it. I want you to picture what this is gonna look like. How many stars are there? Can you count them all? As many as are the stars in the sky are gonna be your descendants, was the prophetic promise that God gave Abraham. And it says here in in verse six that Abram believed God and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. The first thing we need to do when we see a promise in the Bible, when we remember a prophetic word that's come, I mean, we heard three today. As soon as you recognize a word, as soon as you uh, read something in here, where, for example, the Bible says, um, these signs shall follow those who believe. They shall lay hands on the sick. Hallelujah. You can, that's a promise. Hallelujah. And, um, and so when you have a promise, we, the first thing we need to do to respond to a prophetic promise is to believe what is being said. We spoke about um, Mary and Zacharias when the angel came to Mary and said, you're gonna have a son. Her response was faith. She said, be it unto me according to your word. She took it and she received it. She believed it and therefore she was able to conceive it. Zacharias, on the other hand, when he heard the promise, He didn't believe it, and the angel actually stopped his mouth until after the baby was born because he had to, he he wasn't going to be allowed to interfere with what God wanted to do. We need to receive and believe what the Lord's saying. You know, when we believe what God's saying, God wants us to actually let that go down deep and become a solid faith. And the way that happens is when we start to see it, imagine it, just like Abraham looked at the stars and and pictured what it was going to look like. It's important when we have promises to walk around in those promises in your sanctified imagination. So for example, say the promise of God is with long life I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation and the enemy's been attacking you with fear that your life's going to be cut short. 
you can grab that promise and say, Lord, it says here in your words, Psalm 91, you said with long life, you'll satisfy me and show, you, show me your salvation. All right, God, I thank you for that promise. And I'm going to start to imagine what it's going to look like when I'm really old. What am I going to look like? What's it going to be like? What am I going to do? Hallelujah. I'm going to imagine myself active, healthy, bright, sharp, and, um, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Healthy body. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to allow the, the pictures of what the enemy would want to uh, sell me, but I'm going to imagine the promise of God. Whatever your promise that you prosper and be in health. If you're struggling with sickness, start to imagine what it's gonna look like not to be sick. Can you imagine what are you gonna do? Hallelujah. Alex, when your knees healed, hallelujah. What's it gonna look like? Can you imagine? Can you begin to see it? And I, you know, I encourage those that I mentor, uh, before they go to sleep at night, to take 15 minutes and actually walk around on the inside of their dreams. God's given you a promise, God's given you a call. Before you go to sleep, set your mind in faith on what God is calling you to do and begin to walk around on the inside of your dream. What I mean by that is begin to to see it and, and imagine what it's gonna look like, hallelujah. Walk around on the inside of your dream, begin to see what's it gonna be like? What's it gonna be like when they get up out of the wheelchair? Well, how am I gonna manage it in the meeting when they start um, jumping up out of their wheelchairs? What am I gonna do? How am I gonna respond to that? How are we gonna have the testimonies? I do this in my head, hallelujah. I see it. I see the people getting saved. I see the fireballs going out over the crowds, touching, healing, delivering. And God wants you to see it too, hallelujah. But not only does He want us to see it, He wants us to say it. He told to Abram, he told Abram, I want you to start calling things that be not as though they are. I want you to start calling yourself father of many nations before he was the father of many nations. And he began to declare it, calling things that be not as though they are. And it's so powerful when we start to see it and say it, hallelujah. Believe it, see it, and say it. Mark 11, verse 20, if you want to turn there with me, hallelujah. Great word here. Who loves the Word of God? Got my nice new Bible, hallelujah, I got for Christmas. Look, got my name on it. My husband loves me. Thank you, Mark Greenwood, too, for the inspiration. He and Mark got together and Tom said, she wants a new Bible, I know you'll know. Hallelujah. Mark 11, verse 20. As they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered up from the roots up. Believing, uh, sorry, being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted, for, uh, will be granted you. Believe that you have 
received it. Now, when you are looking at a promise, you ask God, Father, thank you. You said, I take it, I wage war with that promise. God, you said it, I believe it, I'm imagining it, I see it, hallelujah. I believe that I have received it. I'm gonna start planning as though it's already happened. I'm gonna start behaving as though it's already happened. I'm believing, decreeing, and um, receiving in the name of Jesus as though I've already received it, hallelujah. As you believe that you have received it, that's a done deal, hallelujah. Oh, I was sharing the other night from 2 Samuel uh, verse seven, if you wanna turn there with me. This was an interesting study when you look at how David responded to the Lord giving him a prophetic word. The Lord gave him an awesome word through the prophet in 2 Samuel, hallelujah, chapter seven. And David's response was really interesting. The Lord had, had promised him that his descendants would uh, sit on the throne forever. And David responded to the Lord. And he said, oh God, that's awesome, you're so awesome. Catherine paraphrased, just for the sake of time. That's amazing, God, as if you haven't done enough for me. Wow, thank you so much, you are amazing. I worship you for that, you are incredible. Thank you so much, God. And then he says in verse 27, for you, Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have made a revelation to your servant saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are truth and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may it please you to bless the house of your servant that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing, may the house of your servant be blessed forever. He just prayed back to God what God had already said he would do. God wants us to wage war with what he promises us. And we can do that by opening our mouth and praying it. There's nothing wrong with praying the promises of God. Ask and you will receive. So Father, I'm asking for this with thanks. I'm not gonna worry about it, I'm gonna ask. A lot of the time we worry and we forget to actually ask. When in fact we can ask and use the promises of God as the basis. F.F. Bosworth used to say, faith begins where the will of God is known. And when you know the Word of God, you can know the will of God, hallelujah. Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to get healed or not. Well, the Bible tells us that for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. He also tells us that what Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. Very clearly in the Word of God, it is clear that, that the will of God is for you to be healed, hallelujah. Uh, he prays that we would prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper. So you can take that promise and pray it. Well, Father, I thank, I'm asking you for healing because you promised, you said, because you promised, I'm asking for that. What he's saying, it's like um, someone going, uh, coming to our house, Tom's just got a new barbecue, praise the Lord. That was my present to him for Christmas, it's blue, hallelujah. 
And um, he can be cooking the barbecue and everyone lines up to get their food. And it would be like um, asking, saying, can I have some onions? In the same way, when we have the promises of God, it's all cooked up, it's already there. And asking him is, is something that is, is absolutely what the, the Father wants us to do. Ask and you'll receive. Pray and believe. Receive it, say it, pray it. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us also in Isaiah 54, who knows what I'm gonna say? Isaiah 54. He wants us to celebrate as though we have already received it. Remember we, we read just before in Mark 11 to um, believe and, and receive it as though we already have it. Uh, believe and receive it in faith and believe that you already have received it. And when you believe that, there should be a response. If you believe you've received it, you should get happy about what you haven't yet received because you know in faith, I already have it. So I'm gonna start getting happy. He tells this to uh, Israel here, he says, shout for joy, O barren one, you who have borne no child. Break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud, you who have not travailed, for the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman. God, and, and then he says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwelling, spare not, lengthen your cords, strengthen your peds, pegs, for you will spread abroad to the right and the left and your descendants will possess nations and will resettle the desolate cities. He tells her, I want you to start singing and rejoicing about your promise before you have it and I want you to celebrate. You know, I love actually this story that your parents talk about that is, um, I remember I was coming to, to visit this couple overseas and they needed to come and meet me at the border with their passports. But as they were getting ready to come and get me, they couldn't find them. They looked everywhere for their passports, could not find where they could have put them. So they prayed and they asked, Lord, show us where the passports are. They rang their mother-in-law, can you please pray, ask the Lord to help us find our passports. Then they started declaring and dancing about the fact that they'd already received what they asked for. And in their bedroom, they both started dancing around going, thank you, Lord, that we have our passports. Thank you that we found our passports just in time. Thank can you imagine a happy dance for, for something that you can't find? Well, as they were dancing, their mother-in-law rang back and said, the Lord just told me they were in a box underneath the bed. Sure enough, they found their passports and praise the Lord, they came and got me. And I didn't get, I wasn't kept waiting. You know, God, there's power in praise. We sang, this is how I fight my battles. But there's more to it than just a catchy song. There's something that happens when you start to sing and celebrate and dance about what you haven't yet seen. Hallelujah. Sing, O Baron. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14, if you want to turn there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Second Chronicles 20. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 14, it's the story of Jehoshaphat. Verse 14, then in the middle of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, and he said, I just skipped through a few sons there, sorry. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, get ready, here's a prophecy. Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they'll come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Skipping down to verse 20. They rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he'd consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and uh, Mount Seir who had come against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they'd finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy each other. What happened? They began to sing. They began to celebrate. They began to worship and praise because they had a promise. And God caused the enemies to just fight against each other and destroy each other. Something powerful happens when you start to wage war with your prophetic words through praise and worship, thanksgiving, dance and celebration. Hallelujah. He is so faithful. And you know, I believe the final thing that is so important for us when we're waging war with the prophetic promises of God is that we would do something. Remember when Elisha received the mantle of Elijah? He'd been after the double portion. And Elijah prophesied and said, if you see me being taken up, you'll receive the double portion. Who knows the story? Well, sure enough, through perseverance, Elisha saw Elijah get taken up. And when the mantle fell down, Elisha picked it up And he didn't just put it in his backpack and keep it as a memento. He picked it up and he did something with it. He remembered that they'd come across the water um, and the Lord had parted the waters as Elijah commanded the waters to part. So he believed he had received a double portion of Elijah's mantle. 
So he did something with that promise. He believed it, he received it, and he acted upon it. And he used his words. He picked up the mantle and he struck the water in expectation that what had happened for Elijah would happen for him. And he declared, where is the Lord God of Elijah? In faith, he took God at his promise. He took that prophetic promise and he activated it by doing something. Sometimes we have to do something to activate what God has given us. Hallelujah. I remember when um, Nathaniel and Haley's baby, Gabriella, was born and uh, she had a heart attack. Uh, after she was born and she was dead for four minutes. And they revived her, but they thought there was absolutely no hope. She was completely unresponsive. They expected her to be, um, to never recover or wake up. And I walked into the hospital because they rang me and asked me to come. And the nurses, they were waiting for the minister hoping that I would help these people recognize that, hey, you need to accept this baby's not gonna recover. And I walked in and I looked at this baby all hooked up, looking as gray as death. And I said to the first thing I said, take a picture, this is gonna preach really well. Because I, I was preparing in faith believing that we were gonna have a testimony from this situation. The next thing I did before I prayed was I said, get Haley expressing because she's gonna be feeding this baby. So I sent Haley into the mother's room with the nurse and I got them to start expressing milk so that she'd be ready when the baby woke up to begin to breastfeed. Because if you actually believe what the promise is, then you should be preparing in advance to receive it. So that's what they did for three days. She was expressing as we were praying and sure enough on the third day, she woke up and she was immediately start able to feed, hallelujah. Over and over again, my experience has been that the Lord is faithful to do what he has promised, but he doesn't, ex he doesn't want us to live as though we are helpless people who is just gonna put it on us. He wants us to be fully aware and fully awake and to rise up in faith and partner with him to see his promises come to pass. God's heart for us is not just to, to live in a, a hope that says, well, I hope oh, it should happen, it's supposed to happen, I hope it happens, what if it doesn't happen? But instead, to really deliberately and intentionally look for what has been promised. Remind yourself of the prophetic words that have been spoken. Look at the promises that you have. You, even if you have, uh, you have only, um, read the Bible, you've never received a prophetic word, there is still so much in here that you haven't yet received that you could go to work with immediately. Because prophetic promises, prophetic words, a good, true prophetic word anyway, is based on this. So you have everything you need. 
You can take it. As God leads you, you begin to lay hold of the promises. Believe that you've received it. Hallelujah. Celebrate as though you already have it. Decree it. Call those things that be not as though they are. And start preparing, start activating your promise so that you can make room. Enlarge the place of your tent. Get ready. He was telling her who had no children, make room, get a bedroom ready. Start to make extra rooms. You're gonna need them for all the children you're gonna have. God wants you to make room to receive the promises. You know, when the Lord called me into ministry, I was only 23, I'd had my first baby. And he'd promised me that when I was 30, God was gonna open the doors for me to start preaching. So what I did was while I was having my children between 23 and 30, I went to Bible college part-time because I had a promise. So I figured I'd better get ready. I'd better equip myself. And even though it was still seven years before the promise came to pass, I was activating what I had received in faith. I would walk around in my dreams. I would walk around it. I'd imagine what it's gonna look like. I'd begin to decree it. I'd begin to say it. I'd I'd be seeing the the stadiums. I'd be seeing the people being healed. I was imagining what it was looking like. I was reading the testimonies of people who had seen miracles, picturing what it looks like, seeing video, and then imagining myself what the Lord was going to do. And when the time was right, God opened the door. My heart for you is that you wouldn't be passive this year that you wouldn't allow the um, enemy's discouragement, the heaviness that he'd love to hang over you, the circumstances and the difficulties that you may be facing to, to cloud your true purpose. The Bible says that as he is, so are we in this world. That means everything that's in here is now available to us. Your purpose, your destiny is to do the same works that Jesus did and greater works. Hallelujah. Your purpose is to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, to live full of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. All of that is your inheritance. If you're not experiencing it, you can wage war with it. Hallelujah. If you are, if you're you get up and you feel like, oh, I just feel so discouraged. I hardly had any sleep. I'm not having a good day. Oh, I feel I'm this. You have to go, hang on, stop. No. My day is not going to be dictated by how I feel. Today, my my day is going to be dictated by what God offers me. You said that you are love. Love is patient, love is kind. So today I'm gonna manifest the fruits of patience. Today I'm gonna manifest joy. I'm gonna walk in supernatural peace. I'm not going to be anxious about anything. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna ask about everything. And with thanksgiving, I'm gonna receive it by faith. I'm gonna celebrate and I'm going to rejoice. 
Hallelujah. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's a good, good father. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.